ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. I'm doing fine, relieved after that Rangers win. I was, like, kind of a little nervous there. Yeah, man, especially, you know, they had two goal leads twice in that game. You know, it was 3-1, and then it was, um, you know, 2-0. And both times, Vancouver really didn't let you get too comfortable. Yeah, it was one of those games where it's like we won, and we won in regulation, but it's like even when we're leading, I'm yelling at, I'm still yelling at TV. Exactly, exactly. You know, and uh, hey, just another great game from Mika Zibanejad. And boy, how great has Philip Heedle been this year, man? Where would the Rangers be without Heedle, right? Yeah, Heedle has definitely been like the unsung hero of this team this year. No doubt about it. And I love seeing him uh, excel like this. This is, you know, what we've really been waiting for. Um, obviously, in first-round picks, we had great success with, you know, guys like Keandre Miller, who had three assists tonight. That guy is out of this world. And unfortunately, we're, we were still waiting for guys like Kako and Lafreniere to pan out. But it looks like, you know, that kid line is is getting really hot, man. I mean, Filipino looks like a legit player. You know, Capo Kako shows flashes a lot, but it looks like he's starting to be more consistent. And Lafreniere scored another goal tonight and looks like he's starting to get on a roll too, man. Yeah, exactly. This, this, this team's finally starting to get a roll right at the right time down the stretch run. I can tell you it's, it's going to be an exciting stretch run full of me maybe maybe bouncing some beers and getting getting nervous and being, being on the edge of my seat. This is one of the most exciting times of the regular season. Can't wait. Can't wait for the this and it's going to be a real exciting playoffs that hopefully I'm going to I'm going to look like uh I'll look like a, hopefully I'll look like a lumberjack at some point during a playoff run with how <laughs> playoffs happen uh, I'll put the razor away for for maybe a little while yeah man hey that that's the uh, name of the game you get that playoff beard going strong and, uh, you know, that that means you're going deep into May and hopefully June if everything works out right to the uh, Stanley Cup final, which the Rangers just were two wins shy of last year. So, um, you know, if they take that extra step forward this year, which we expect them to, you know, they'll be in pretty good shape, right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure you remember what my beard looked like uh, around that time last year. Absolutely, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, you both had beards going. I have a feeling that the next year's could be thicker. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, definitely, man. I mean, you know, uh, a little bit more gray in that beard maybe this year. But, uh, you know, hey, I'll I'll take that if the uh, Rangers uh, are going on a deep playoff run. And, um, hey, 
the thing that we have to remember too is that before they go on this playoff run that we've been expecting um and they go out there and clinch a playoff spot hopefully eventually which they're in the top three right now so they're pretty good they're out of that wild card pitcher but you know it's still an inevitable thing they have to do is clinch that spot um we still have to face the trade deadline too and one other thing about the deadline we have to keep in mind is that the rangers all season have been playing with 22 players on their roster and what that you know, a, a full roster, like in baseball, a full roster is 26. Well, in hockey, a full roster is 23. But you could choose to play with less. Um, and the Rangers have been playing with 22, leaving that extra roster spot open to um, gain cap space. It's a, it's a technique that a lot of GMs do in the NHL where they can get more cap space specifically for the trade deadline um, by having as you know least amount of cap hits on your roster as possible, and the slow you know and the lowest that you have too. So, what Drury was trying to do is get as much money available to the team by the deadline. But the interesting thing over the last couple of days is that they've gone back to twenty three. They brought Sammy Blay back up from Hartford, who had a really great run there for a week when the Rangers sent him down there. I believe he scored four goals in five games, which he, if you remember too, Sammy Blade still hasn't scored a goal for the Rangers. You know, none of the 17 or 18 games he played last year and every game he's played for the Rangers so far this season, he still has not scored his first goal for the Rangers. Um, so, but he's back now and he's looking a little bit better than he had, but they're still keeping Julian Gautier, who I think has earned his roster spot so far this year. And a couple of the other guys, so they're playing with a full roster right now. Um, what do you think, Dan? A, a lot of people are saying that this means that a trade or some kind of move is in the works or imminent. Do you think that that's a possibility that even a month before, you know, or so before the trade deadline, maybe Chris Drury is going to strike now? I just have a feeling any moment now it's going to happen. I'm uh, I'm hitting the refresh button on the on the Twitter app. And, uh, of course, also speaking of Twitter, I'm sure you've heard lately uh, on Twitter there's a thing like everybody's getting that message when you try to click on a new person to follow. It tells you you can't uh, follow lately. You've, you've been seeing that, right? Yeah, I got that uh, a couple of times over the last few days. You're right. I don't know, uh, you know, what's going on with that. Yeah, I've been getting it today. I don't know what's been going on. But, but yeah, hopefully by the time you're wa- everyone's watching this episode, that's sorted out. But. Hopefully, but if not, Elon Musk, you have an open invite to come on Best Seat in the House podcast and discuss it with us. Yeah, maybe maybe offer us a ride in one of those SpaceX rockets. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> you know what? what I, wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind taking a trip at the outer space. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I mean, me and you were kind of out there to begin already, so uh, it would only make a lot of sense to, to put us in outer space. Actually, we're going to be out of this world this weekend when we're having our Super Bowl special, because while we're talking about guests and everything real quick, we might as well just announce right now that we're going to be putting out a Super Bowl special like we mentioned a couple of weeks ago. It'll probably be going out on Saturday, the day before the game. Um, and we, we're going to have as a guest the Reverend Bob Levy. Terrific guest, Dan, right? You're, you're pretty excited about that. Bob Levy legend everywhere he's been on. It's like 
been gold. I mean, this guy's a legend. Plus that he's one of the greatest people I've known. No doubt oh. about it. He absolutely is a legend, too. You're right. So it's always great. To def definitely go see him live when you get the chance. I'm not sure you I've seen him live a couple of times. And that's have you seen the Reverend Bob Levy live before yet? Oh yeah, I've seen Bob Levy live. And uh, unfortunately though, I really wanted to attend uh DabbleCon this past weekend in Rochester. I wasn't able to make it uh because of work and everything, but the uh, it was it really went off without a hitch. So Shuley, Bob Levy, Anthony Cumia was up there. Chrissy Mayer, uh, you know, Carl from uh, WATP, uh, just, you know, Mike Morse, really, really awesome list of guys they had up there and a, a, a really great event. And Bob Levy closed and killed it. Yep, definitely. I had, I already had had plans I had made that weekend. So it's like, it was like weird when it, it was like weird scheduling when I found out they were doing this and it was like weird scheduling at a time. I mean, I mean, I probably, I actually could have actually could have if scheduling would have worked out and I would have been available that weekend. Of course, I could have could have got a ride up, could have got a ride up there, and True. maybe I would have had to have brought a winter coat or something because. Oh, yeah. And Rochester, freezing, cold, freezing as cold in the middle of nowhere. Like, I don't know that. I mean, that I, I mean, may, maybe some of you locals maybe know a little bit more about Rochester, but. I've passed through or maybe briefly been and stopped through. I think that some of the few times I was like, maybe stop away somewhere else when we were in Western New York. And it was like, what the heck is there to do, especially during the winter? <laughs> yeah. Western New York. Like I thought it was an odd choice for, for DabbleCon and wet, wet work, especially during the coldest time of year in that area. Yeah, that is true. That, that that is true. It was definitely a curious location and everything. But when you really think about it, Carl lives up there. And I think this was really just like more of a trial run that they were doing just to see if people were into it. And man, it looked like they had a, a great reception, a great crowd. They were posting uh, videos and everything from the dabbies they had up there and a lot of fun. Well, I even saw someone who, uh, who traveled from one uh, freezing cold part of the country to another to go, which surprised me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like that surprised me. Like someone who just took like the one opportunity they had to travel someplace, travel and heard a cold place that you went someplace you probably wouldn't normally be going to if you're living someplace freezing cold like Colorado. That's true. That's true. Living in Colorado and going to Rochester in the middle of winter. Yeah, you know, that's, uh, you know, pretty much going from uh, one iceberg to the next. And, uh, but hey, uh, I'm sure everybody had a great time, though. Yeah, that's true. I, prob I probably would have figured out something to do in, uh, in, Ro in Rochester if I would have been there. I probably would have figured that out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just be like Costanza. Throw on a Gore-Tex coat and you're good to go. Yep, that's, pre that's pretty much described me at the Winter Classic. <laughs> 2018 NHL Winter Classic at City Field when I was, uh, I was, uh, uh, that, that's literally what I looked like. And I, I looked like Kenny from South Park that whole game. <laughs> but at the same time, going nuts. <laughs> 
And I can tell you, beers were freezing as soon as they people opened them, I heard. Oh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I'm pretty sure, wasn't it like 15 degrees that day? Yeah, maybe maybe felt even colder than that because they were. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't drink any beers at the stadium that day until I think after the game. I had a couple of beers at Donovan's. I had a beer and a burger after the game, but the only real thing I consumed during the game was a was a hot chocolate and a souvenir mug, which I still, of course, I still save that souvenir that souvenir uh, hot chocolate cups when I consumed. But I I saw there were some fans that were drinking some beers and they were free. I heard some complain that they were freezing as soon as they opened them. <clears throat> Yeah, well, you know, that's the uh, in that kind of weather, it can't be avoided. And and I don't blame you for just having the uh, the hot chocolate because I'd have been doing the same thing in, in, in that kind of weather. I wouldn't have been able to drink that cold beer. <laughs> but uh, I walk and I swear when I walked the walk from the train station to Donovan's after right 61st Street Woodside of walking to Donovan's, my feet felt like Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining, despite all the winter socks and everything but i thought out fine at donovan had a burger and a beard and grabbed grabbed an uber back home the rest of the way instead of waiting for the bus well very cool very cool man i mean that was definitely a uh, great game great day uh unfortunately the last local outdoor hockey game we've had hopefully um they have one coming at least in the next year or two for us so let's keep our fingers crossed on that but, uh, you know, Dan, is there anybody just to, to get back to the Rangers real quick? Because we did get sidetracked with that. The, I, I did like our little detour there. But, um, you know, do you have your eye on anybody in particular for the Rangers to, to add at, at the deadline? That There have been a lot of rumors. I feel there is one or two possibilities we could we, we might go to at the deadline. Either probably uh, Patrick Kane or potentially JT Miller. I, yeah, that's a good that's a good one too. And I the, though I feel there's more likelihood with JT Miller being the fact how much they'll be asking for Patrick Kane. Yeah, yeah. Well it it, it depends too, because Kane also has you know that big time salary. So you would have to give up a decent amount to get Chicago to eat the the you know amount that you would need to make it fit in your cap. So, so you're right about that. and But, you know, JT Miller, I'm not sure because didn't he just sign a big contract with them? So I'm not sure if – because I think that would be tough to, to get JT Miller. I would like to see it because I, I love him as a Ranger. But I'm not sure. You know, the, the other guy I heard too, I don't know how you feel about this guy, is uh, from the Blues, Vlad, Vladimir Tarasenko. Is is that a guy that, that you would like to see the Rangers go after? That's a good. That's another. That's a good one. I would love to see also. That would be a game changer, Vladimir Tarasenko. I mean, the guy's got plenty of playoff experience. I mean, he's got Cup Finals experience. He's got that championship credibility. So, he would be a he would be a game changer. I feel. I think you're right too, and you know it. It it all depends if he is 100 percent healthy or not. Because I was looking at his numbers the other day. I think he'd been he's been banged up a little bit this year. He's only got 10 goals and 19 assists, but you know, if the Rangers can get their hands on him and get him right, I totally agree with you that he is the definition of a game changer. Because if you look at the Rangers roster, you know, the one flaw that 
they have a great goalie. They have great defensemen, you know, very deep and young for the most part. Um, they do have a bunch of great forwards, but unfortunately, a lot of those forwards are not right wings. And if you get a guy like Tarasenko that has that shot from the right side, you know, that deadly sniper shot, that completely changes everything, especially also on the power play, which, you know, as we've seen this year, we've really, really kept our fingers crossed that the loss of Ryan Strom wasn't going to that much adversely affect the team. But it looks like it really has sent Artemi Panarin a little bit back and it definitely has set the power play back because Ryan Strom was a key ingredient on that power play last year. And it was a top five power play in the league. And now he's not here. And, you know, we're middle of the pack, right? Yeah, that's what it's feeling like all season with their power play this whole season. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I don't want to blame Vinny Trocek. It's, it's not his fault. That's not his, you know, it's not his fault that his game and Panarin's game haven't really meshed yet. It's been interesting to see Panarin back on that top line with Zibanejad. How do you feel about that, Dan? Do you think the Rangers should, you know, keep Kreider and uh, Zibanejad together? Or do you like them mixing it up and seeing if they could catch anything, you know, maybe lightning in a bottle with with Panarin and uh, Zibanejad playing the same line again? I like them on this lineup together. I feel so far so good. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. They, uh, it, you know, they're the two best players in the team. It it always kind of, I don't want to say defied logic, but frustrated me that the former coaches didn't really give that more of a chance the past couple of years. But that first year that Panarin was there, he was doing so good, you know, you really couldn't knock wherever David Quinn pl- uh, played him. And then last year with Gerard Gallant, everything just went so great all year with the team and the power play. And, you know, maybe Panarin didn't score as many goals as you would have liked, but still the, the team won and everything was great. So, you you know, you could not knock the way Gallant used him last year either. This year, I don't know, man. What do you think? Do you think that Artemi Panarin right now, as he stands with his game, is worth the 11 and a half or so million dollars that the Rangers pay him a year? I mean, I love the guy, but I really, really want to see more goal scoring out of it. I feel he's. I feel like now it's start. He's starting to kind of. He's starting to get more more in a groove lately. He kind of got off to a little slow start this year, but it's done. Often, once this happens, look out. <laughs> That's true, and you know what? I I think. What you're saying, too, could make a big difference because I think if you add a guy like Tarasenko, who, um, you know, Panarin's familiar with and he hasn't played with in the past, but but these are guys that know each other. They've played on the All-Star team together at times. They've, uh, you know, I'm sure that they have uh, a a lot of similarities and um, it, it would be really interesting to see how Panarin's game would improve or, you know, stay the same depending on if they add a guy like Tarasenko because the Rangers could use that one big, um, that one big missing piece, right? Yep, exactly. And uh, I I just have a feeling any moment now it's going to happen. And, and, and you know what, too? I, I completely agree with you, but let's also give a, a little shout out to our crosstown rivals, 
who we're not, um, you know, we're not going to be seeing for the rest of the regular season, which is kind of ridiculous when you think about it. The Rangers and the Islanders don't meet again for the rest of the regular season in, until maybe the playoffs. But uh, you, you got to give them credit lately too, right? Got to give credit too. They just uh, they just made a big trade. Yeah, it looks like a, a lot of people. I saw a lot of Islander fans saying that Lou should just throw in the towel and, uh, you know, trade a couple of their vets, get picks. And right now, I mean, you said it. They gave up a first-round pick. They picked up Bo Horvat from Vancouver, who the Rangers played tonight. And Bo Horvat's a guy that, you know, had 31 goals in the season. He was one of the top goal scorers in the league. Lou Lamarillo landed him for the Islanders. It's a big difference maker. This is a guy that could really help improve their power play. And, you know, the, the Islanders had a really, really bad January. They pretty much lost all of January. And if you take that out, they're right in the middle of the pack. So you, you it would be foolish to act like adding Bo Horvat to this team isn't going to uh, vastly improve them, right, Dan? I mean, the, the Islanders, especially with that goaltender, Sorokin, they're a viable threat. Yeah, they're a viable threat. I see them maybe being a viable threat ending the season, maybe as a wild card. I agree. And and you know what? I I think you'll agree with me on this, too. I think this season is going to be the first time in a while. I, I'm not sure the last time this happened, but I, I think it's going to be the first time in a while we're going to see the Rangers, the Islanders, and the Devils all in the playoffs in the same year. That's going to be crazy, and... I just know how crazy it's going to be if the Rangers and Isles mean the playoffs. I mean, it's going to get crazy with me and my Uncle Mike. Easy. <laughs> my Uncle Mike's an Islander fan. Okay, okay. There you go. So, hey, the, the, the Islanders always have a good fan base, too, you know? It's going gonna, it's gonna to get a little crazy with me and my uncle and maybe some other Islander fans I know. <laughs> yeah, man. And I mean, obviously the last time the Rangers and the Devils played in the playoffs was – the 2012 Eastern Conference Finals that, unfortunately, the Rangers lost in Game 6. I remember that. I think I – somehow the, my remote survived, but I got so upset that when I just rage turned off the TV after they scored that goal and after Adam Frank scored that goal, I got I rage turned off the TV and the batteries just fell all over the place and – Luckily, nothing in the remote was damaged. The cover for the remote was not damaged, but I spent uh, maybe a good ten minutes searching for where I put where the batteries fell. <laughs> Back in a remote, I think maybe afterwards I probably I I was playing a I believe a it was a it was a. I forgot the latest Gran Turismo at the time. That's what I was playing. So I was playing after, after that, after that loss, I played some video games after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's the only way you could drown your sorrows after that tough loss. I really thought the Rangers were going to uh, win that series like they did in 94. But then speaking of 94, the last time that the Rangers ended up playing the Islanders in the playoffs was in 1994 when they swept them out of the first round. And, uh, you know, that's it's really going to be interesting to see. I I really I mean, especially that the Islanders new you know, arena and everything with the playoffs. It's going to be real interesting to see how the Islanders respond to a playoff run outside of the old barn 
as they call it over here in Nassau County, the uh, Nassau Coliseum. And, uh, you know, how a, a Rangers-Islanders playoff matchup would look there, right? At yeah. No, it's going to be a very divisive crowd, and it's going to be it's going to be something. It's going to be it's going to be wild. I mean, I still remember '94. Well, I was like twelve. I was like I was like twelve at the time, but I remember when the Rangers won it. I was happy, but uh, uh, apparently, apparently, my 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 uncle at the time he he wasn't happy, but I was sure <laughs> <was> happy. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I was seven, so. I, I remember it, but at the time I didn't realize how much it meant, especially I you know to people like that I, I watched that series with like my grandfather and uh, my uncle Bobby, who was a big Ranger fan, gave me my first Messier jersey when I was a kid. And um, the the funny thing about that is too is that I would obviously I was young and I'm sure you were probably very young and don't really remember how in the early 80s during the Islanders dynasty years they tortured the Rangers. They pretty much knocked the Rangers out every year. And there were a couple of times that Ranger fans, I'm sure, felt like the Rangers had a real chance to make a run. But that Islanders dynasty team was just too deep and too great. So it must have felt like a good little measure of revenge that the Rangers were able to knock the Islanders out on our way to a cup. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that rivalry. Yeah, that was. It was a good win. And of course, of course, we. I think we we just manhandled the Cavs, and then of course that exciting series, of course Beto Beto, and then that exciting seven game series, the the, the guarantee, and uh, that cut cup of trip down Canyon of Heroes. But Absolutely. yeah, and we get we get more that we get more of this, we get another one of these memories this year because I'm I'm eager for another one. You got that right, man. Uh, it, let's see what the Rangers got. You know, I think uh, they have a very deep team, a uh, very young team, too, with a high ceiling and a, a, a very good coach. You know, speaking of that, uh, as time is winding down here, we're we're going to uh, call it a short show tonight. And uh, we're going to do our a, a more regular show on uh, our Super Bowl special this week. And th- this will be our little hockey talk episode. And um, uh, Dan, be, before we get out of here, though, what are your thoughts on Gerard Gallant's job this season, uh, coming off a great year, uh, his first season here last year? I I just feel like Gerard Gallant has been doing a good job. He's been keeping this team from not fall, falling too far at down out of line when we've had a bad stretch, and it he's got he's got this team through this slow start very well. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. He was able to weather the storm. There were people earlier this year that were calling for his job who, you know, that, that seemed a little ridiculous to me after uh, how, how great they were last year. Right. I have to say that's how all the great coaches get dished pretty much show their worth when they get, they get through this uh, tough stretch. Very true. Very true. I'll uh, hopefully uh, a guy like Tom Coughlin, who we remember, who a, a lot of Giants fans wanted gone before they went out and beat the Patriots. Because as you like to mention every week, pretty much, Dan, what was the Patriots record? Eight. It, it, eight they ended it 18 and one, bitches. <laughs> That's right. And now that we got that in, I think we can officially just about end this episode. Dan, before we get out of here, 
what is uh you, you know you got any plugs sure i got got i got got my my twitter account bobo 103 nyc instagram bobo 718dk of course daniel curlin on youtube there's some content there also i I have to say, there's an upcoming. Probably gonna. I guess. All, I guess some of the people that are a part of the Chip Chippers and their pay, his Patreon will get the episode earlier. But in two weeks, I was on Chip Chipperson. So you're gonna <laughs> uh, on on the chip on Chippa. Very cool, man. Yeah, we were talking about it before we went on air. So you know, if if you guys get a chance, definitely check out Dan on uh, Chippa. Uh, just like he said, it'll be on Patreon probably on Saturday or Sunday. And then the following week, it'll be on YouTube. So definitely check him out. Uh, Chip is hilarious. And Dan is always amazing when he's on Chip. So it's always it's always a great time. So make sure to check him out there. Also, uh, if you want to follow me, you can check me out on Twitter at my last name, Kramer and Y. And you can check us on Twitter at um, bsith underscore podcast. <laughs> All right. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in once again. So uh, for Rob Kramer and Daniel Bobo Carlin, this is the Best Seat in the House podcast, and we'll catch you next week. All right, push the button, Frank. <laughs>